what up guys welcome to rizzo on the move i am your host joe rizzo and this is my podcast powered by the movers check out movers.org with a z movers with a z to see what we're all about and to collaborate as far as this show goes we feature people from every walk of life from all different parts of the world we believe that everyone has a story to tell no matter who they are now let's make some moves all right, guys, Rizzo on the move. We're back. We're moving. I got uh, Travis Rivera right here. What's going on? What's going on? I got Live Mike back in the building. What's up, Mike? Live Mike. I'm seeing you a lot now. You are. You're gonna be seeing me often now. I. What do you mean? What, what do you mean? mean? I'm gonna keep bringing people to you. We're gonna keep <laughs> talking to people. <laughs> yeah, keep exactly. Moving people. This is like three weeks in a row, right? It is. Yeah, this is cool. Um, so who's this guy sitting here? Travis Rivera. How did this happen? How did he get in my house? <laughs> uh, I stumbled upon him. I believe I found you through the Long Island Music hashtag. Yes. Yep. Again, like I said, I always stumble upon that hashtag on Instagram to find people. And turns out that he was literally like four minutes away from my house and 30 seconds away from where we do this podcast. So uh, he <laughs> runs so on. so weird. You live on Brendan. Brendan. Right? <laughs> <laughs> literally on like on the next block. Yeah. So um, I hit him up, and you know he's a local guy, and he's a vocal coach for the area. So I started talking to him, and heard some of his th- some of his work that he puts out there. Yeah. Uh, turns out that one of the artists that he coached, Zach Reyes, is oh is in oh our, you coach Zach? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Zach's guess. awesome. In our close knit <laughs> group, so you know, small world, and we met up at Mashpeaker Perk. I had the most caffe- caffeinated coffee I've ever had in my life, and was like yeah. cold oh my right? god, dude, I've never, <laughs> I've like never, 300 milligrams of coffee, I, milli- uh, caffeine, like, yeah, that much I coffee. asked him, I asked him, I asked the guy for a shot of espresso in my cold brew, and he literally said no, <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, why, because it's too much, it's 300, a small was 300 milligrams of caffeine, caffeine. yeah, so brew. adding that espresso, he's I don't like, even know milligrams, and neither stuff. do I, but, yeah. I knew, sounds a- like a lot, I knew after, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, he wanted to call on the podcast. He wants to tell a story, tell what he does. Yeah, for sure. That's what we're here for. So yeah. now we're here. It's awesome you're local, too. Yeah. it's uh, it's Try it's, and talk into the mic because sure. it's, yeah. It's it's something uh, I've been, I guess, I worked in the city for a while, and my heart was to build something closer to home, so to speak, that still yeah. could reach the city, but also reach the local people in Long Island and give those who want the opportunity to have a quality voice lesson that they would get in the city closer to home. I also give Skype lessons too, so. So like, city lessons are like known to be better. Typically, like, uh, people run into the city because there's a lot of well-known vocal coaches out there. Um, a lot of them are very good at what they do. Uh, the city can be a place for a lot of artists to find connections, but it doesn't always mean you're gonna find the best um, quality out there. You could find a great quality teacher, guitar teacher, piano teacher, voice teacher, really anywhere as long as you know their craft. Yeah. But it's been a stigma that New York City or Los Angeles or even Chicago have the best teachers musically, so yeah. to speak. So people will, you know, commute two hours in to go pay three hundred dollars for a half an hour with a voice teacher wow. and get something good and they don't necessarily know that there's something just as good for half the price right in their own backyard. Yeah, so like you look it up and you're like, oh, they're in Manhattan, they're good. Yeah, it's, it's like an oh. assumption. But yeah. I've, I've been there, I've gone through um, many teachers in Manhattan, and there are great teachers out there, but I've also worked with people who are half the price and found them to be just as valuable as just as good. So it's, yeah. it's really just a marketing strategy that's out there. It's very easy to say, oh, I, I, I'm a vocal coach. I, I coached in Manhattan for five years. Oh. So I had a lot of clients in Manhattan, still do have a lot of clients in Manhattan that are great students and, and great musicians. And I have no, uh, no doubt that there's a great community of musicians out there, but it's also good to reach people in Long Island, Nassau County, Suffolk County, for even sure. Queens or Brooklyn. I get a lot of students from Queens and Brooklyn that would rather drive this way than again yeah less i think it's less traffic it's right? much less traffic coming out here up on southern state or belt parkway and you're here in 30 minutes or less on a good day yeah and instead of getting on six different you know lines to get somewhere and again half an hour three hundred dollars it's a lot of money adds up yeah it for does. sure so did you you grew up out here yeah i grew up in massachusetts how do, so how was that? Like, did you go to chorus and stuff? Um, yeah, I was. I I grew up going. I mean, I started playing piano and singing when I was a kid in church, um, and that was like a huge um, growth process. My first uh, voice teacher was her name was Jackie, and the piano teacher was Jane Agresta, which was the owner of the Massapequa Music Center in the '70s. And her daughter is a well-known vocal coach in Manhattan, Katie Agresta. Oh. So they're kind of like this big 
circle of um, great musicians that that kind of birthed out of Massapequa. And uh, from that point on, I studied I studied voice with um, great teachers. My parents were investing in me. I, I wasn't only involved in choir at Massapequa High School, but I was involved in multiple churches on Long Island. I was cantoring at St. Rose. I was directing music at Evangel and Lindenhurst. And it was just oh, wow. having all this over. all over the place experience, which was really cool. When, wait, so I graduated from Massapequa in 07. 06. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're right. Almost. Almost there. Yeah. Cool. Wow, so you guys even went to high school together. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. know. You know how big you know how big our grades are though? <laughs> yeah. There's like six hundred people. Six hundred people per grade, yeah. Yeah. That was mine. I went to Farmingdale, yeah. they're about the same size. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, still though. So you grew up <clears throat> let's get on a timeline, like we said. Sure. Like um you graduated from here. Yes. Where'd you go? Uh I went afterwards I went to Nyack College, uh in Manhattan, which was a Christian school but is a regular small liberal arts college and i got my bachelor's in um, vocal performance oh cool yeah so that was my that was my focus uh for the five years how was it going through like having a unique major like that you know um it was it was it had its challenges but it also was extremely rewarding um one thing about going to school for music is you'll find out or anybody who knows about going to school for music is there is such a um pronounced group of people that are very into their craft where they almost want to challenge you in your own so you're constantly being challenged by professors but also by your peers in your in your musical studies so if for example if i had to do a recital my professor may look at me and say okay you need to do this 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 and this otherwise you'll fail and then somebody else will come up and outdo you in two seconds and then you know it's kind of like this conceited world of like if, they'll hear what they told you to pass and yep, then they'll do and, that and they'll do more. that plus more because they want to get above and beyond because the more you do the more you get in the music world at least in in, in college it's 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 a lot of fun but it's also a big challenge what's an example of like you have to do this this and this like what what would you have to do uh, for example like, um at the end of every semester there's something called juries where you have to get up in front of a board in the school and um they have to assess how much knowledge you know about your instrument so if you're a pianist you have to play a certain amount of songs from from memory uh, um, as a vocalist i had to sing five songs at the end of every semester in five different languages wow. from memory Jeez. so it'd be oh, german italian french things like yeah. that and if i messed up in my breathing or if i messed up in my phrasing or if i messed up in my words i would get points docked and if i failed my jury I have to study over the summer and come back and pass the jury in order to continue in the program for the next semester. That's wow. intense. That's, is yeah. it the same song in five languages or is it five? No, five different languages. Five different songs in five different languages. Every semester, different songs. Holy shit. Yeah. Yo, you can't That's fake nuts. your way through that You cannot. Major. No. You cannot <laughs> can't cheat on that test. spark <laughs> notes and like, copy people. That, that, that if you are a music, um, at least in the vocal world, but I'm going to say on any instrument, if you're a music major, um, it's, it's a challenge. It's a really big oh, challenge. Man. So a lot of people don't make it through. That's how college should be. It yeah. should, every yeah, right. major should be like that. Not where you can. Like I took communications and I just, <laughs> I just got through it. You know, <laughs> I didn't really try that hard. You were going crazy. It was it was a great experience though I'll tell you that it you know I got to meet a lot of incredible musicians around yeah. the city especially going to school in the city such a diverse eclectic group of people from jazz pianists to classical pianists to gospel singers to pop singers and and working with some of the finest professors that we had like uh, one of my professors Dr Dana Talley was a retired metropolitan opera singer wow, so cool. to learn some of the craziest techniques of bel canto and singing with with legato and knowing how to connect your phrasing and your breathing and it was a wild experience we got to sing it we had opportunities i got to sing at um carnegie hall oh nice and cool. st patrick's cathedral and things along those lines it was a wild wild ride four what? year five years of study but it was worth it so now when you when you do that kind of school is it like any other college you still have to take all your core classes oh yeah you, you still have to take your math science social studies it's still a regular bachelor's program yeah. so it's the same thing it's, it's heavily focused on Music. What I really enjoyed specifically about their program, though, is they start you where you want to start, so to speak. They don't make oh, okay. you. They don't make you have to take the first two years of your core classes and oh. your music classes. If you want to start musically, you you can have your core classes, but you're going to start musically. Your first semester, you're taking ear training, sight Oh, really? Piano, vocal lessons. What's ear training? Ear training is is a wild, another wild experience, so to speak. Um, somebody they they teach you to listen for rhythm. They teach you to listen for pitch. So they'll give you a blank staff where you can write your music on and they'll play a certain melody line. They'll say, okay, we're going to be in four, four time and we're in the key of F and you need to know what key you're in and how many beats per measure if you're in four, four. And then they'll play a melody 
and then you have to by hearing it write down notation wow. in music <laughs> what they just played oh that's and that's insane. that's a required you have to take four years of that as well wow Dude, yeah. that's, that's insane you think like you wait play... so bpm is beats per measure not minute <laughs> I, I used to say I say I always thought it was minute. I, I always thought it was minute, but I've oh. heard yeah. It's I would say it's beats per minute. Oh, yeah. okay. Measure sounds like better. Better, yeah. Better. Well, I mean, four four is if if you're looking at four four three four two four, uh, that'll tell you your your meter how many beats per measure. But, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about like timing for like uh, yeah, like a beat. Yeah, beat beats per minute. Okay, gotcha. So are you at that point now where like you can listen to music and you can somewhat write it down? I would say definitely somewhat write it down. I'm not as uh, versed in as I was in college because yeah. it was every other yeah, of day course. you had to take it, which was intense. But for the most part, it, it was it was building for my ear. So if you play something, I could kind of give you the generalization where it is. That's insane. It's a good school to have. Yeah, it's 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 it was a great experience. You know, I, I tell students all the time, vocalists particularly, if you do want to study music, go to college for it. But you know, you can also find just as much information outside of college as you can in college, too. So I think that there are two sides to this that I, after my experience that I got, I would say, you know, it's hit or miss. You, you didn't stay, you didn't dorm, right? You went, no, you I, commuted. I commuted, yeah. So from the city. I feel like the big turnoff to, like, a musician wanting to go to college is the core classes. Yeah. You know, that's why I didn't go to college, because it's like, I want to go to school and learn what I want to do. I don't want to sit through, you know, third level calculus or whatever for Shit, I'm never gonna use in my life. What were you like gonna go for? I don't know. <laughs> I went to the mil- I went to the military after high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we I didn't want to do college. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you had an awesome life. You traveled. You, like, I did. Yeah, cooked in Italy. You know, like no one does that. Just gotta do it. It's good shit. Yeah. Um. All right. Back to the timeline. I guess. Uh. Where did you go after college? Did you was the plan going into college like I want to be a vocal coach? The plan going to college was I wanted to be a music teacher in general. Vocal coach was something I always desired to do, and I didn't know that there was a real market out there for it until after college. Um, when I was done with school, I was working with a well-known vocal coach in New York City, Justin Stoney, who, owned, uh, who owns a uh, reputable vocal coaching studio and company. And uh, it turns out that his studio certifies voice teachers. And when I was working with him, he thought that my knowledge of voice was superior he never met anybody my age who knew what i knew so um he ended up certifying me i worked under him for four years personally just one-on-one like an apprenticeship and on top of that um certified um, like like by who's is it by their standards standards, by by their their however their company works i guess they have a set of rules and standards they have to follow from nysta it's very similar to like new york state singing teachers association yeah they they both offer a certification um, it's like and verified, like Twitter verified. Yeah, <laughs> and it was really cool because he ended up saying, you know, let's put you on staff. So mm-hmm. it was me and three other teachers on staff for this major company in New York City. That's and crazy. I had some of the wildest students there, the best that I ever had, that just came in hungry um, to learn. And I did that for almost four years after college. And I, it was there that I realized that this dream of mine could become a reality. When you were wild, like, what do you mean? Like, wildly, like, really good. Really good. Like, <coughs> some of these students determined. would come in and de- that's it, determined. Uh, I've, I've coached students a lot and, you know, sometimes boy students come in and they want to sing good in the shower or <laughs> sing good for their friends or maybe do a really cool cover on Instagram, but they don't want to put the work in. So yeah. some of these students that I had in the city uh, came in wanting to take lessons three or four times a week and pay top dollar for it because they were hungry. They they needed to get to the next level and they knew that without the coaching they wouldn't have found it. Is the goal like with kids like that, like like the goal is like be famous, right? Like be I would say everybody's goal is different. A lot of my students that I got in the city and even have now are like sixteen and above. A lot of them are like I would say even more so between twenty and thirty five. These are people that want to perform in like so far music. If you guys are familiar with that, oh yeah, or, um, have a YouTube following, or even even go further and and possibly break into the industry if they're that good. So their goal is you know be better at their craft because they know that they're they're limited in their own knowledge. So one thing I've lucked out with was I didn't have a lot of like little kids that were just trying to learn to sing. This became a real deal for a lot of the adults that I was teaching. Um, I had students on American Idol. I had students on um, the Voice, getting what? to the semifinals, working with great names. Um, yeah, I still work with them, and they're fantastic. And they came in hungry, and they still come weekly, hungry. And they're like 29, 30, 31, and they got a huge following on Instagram. And they just, 
they want to learn. They want to know how to be better at what they do, and they, they recognize the value of what it is to learn. What is it? Is there like a science to it? Like yes. vocal coaching? Yes, there really is. Um, unfortunately, a lot of what we get out there in, in the teaching world is dogma that's been passed down from one teacher to another. And some of it's great information, and some of it isn't good information. So there is a concept of vocal science out there mm-hmm. where we have people like Ingo Titsi, who's a forerunner in discovering the biology, I guess you can say, or physiology of the voice, the muscles that are involved with actually singing and how to belt and how to control your breath support and how yeah. to, how to um, sing high to low with, without having a crack in your voice particularly. And there's, there is a science to it. And um, some That's people, part of like your my training. Training, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So vocal science, um, physiology, all of that was part of part of it. We had to take a whole anatomy course to know about wow. connecting the body, the rib cage, how many ribs there are, what muscles, the intercostal muscles, the extracostal muscles, the thyroid muscles, the mm-hmm. cricothyroid muscles, <laughs> the antagonists, of course, all the these things. Of yeah, course. So these are uh, all part of training and coaching. And you know, we teach our students how to it's like being a personal trainer for voice. Okay. It's teaching the it's teaching the singer how to utilize safely their instrument and understand the muscle activity that's involved in order to produce a great sound. But it's also really important for the student to not change their natural voice. A mm-hmm. lot of students uh, fear coming to voice lessons because you know the stigma that's out there is they're going to make me sound classical or they're not going to make me sound like myself. And I have a really good sound, so I'm afraid to go to a teacher. But the reality is, if a teacher teaches a student how to use their instrument properly, they'll sound like themselves but 10 times better than they ever had before yeah do pe- uh, that's one thing i've heard about sound uh vocal coaching is like uh you shouldn't try and sound how they sound on the radio like try and match them because it's you not going to sound right it's never going to sound right um everybody's voice is like their own fingerprint you know vocal cords come in different sizes different lengths different resonance culturally things can change from from an Asian student to a um, African American student to a white student, the the chords can be a different size, diameter, and length. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of times people want to sing soul, but their voice might not be set up for it. Or somebody else might want to sing opera, but their voice is very small and timid. They might do better in the pop world. Not that you can't do any of those things. You can. You can really train yourself to do such things. But um, certain styles fit certain voice types better. So yeah. if your if your voice doesn't fit into that search and find where it does fit because somewhere it will so you've like had to tell people like no this isn't the right this isn't how you should ah yeah unfortunately i've had to tell students um you know i would consider trying this style first and for example i've had i had a girl come in who really wanted to do a lot of runs and riffs but her voice just wasn't agile enough to do that yet so i kind of pointed her in more of a pop classical kind of genre like a celine dion if you will where it's a little more uh, legit singing and had her learn those kind of sounds, those kind of stylistic approaches before we got her into her runs and riffs. And then once she was able to control her voice like that, it was a little more easier to help her navigate as opposed to just starting with something where her voice just wasn't set up for. Mm-hmm. Do you, and you, you probably see people evolve so far over time, right? Like uh, Absolutely. I've had, I've had students that have been with me for six, seven, eight years. And it's uh, when we look back at the recordings, because a lot of my students record themselves during yeah. lessons, mm-hmm. when they look back, they couldn't go beyond. And now they're just singing and they're like, I don't even know when it happened. That's, That's the crazy part. They're like, I don't know when the transition came, but I know it happened. And it's, it's a it's wild. casual, right? It's yeah. just a lot of it's consistently working. Over it's like a diet. It's like losing yeah. weight and gaining weight. You don't really see it when it happens, but when you look in the mirror, suddenly oh, something's, yep, something, <laughs> something's different. So it's the same thing with the voice. Suddenly you're, you're singing songs you couldn't sing before, and your voice doesn't feel as uh, locked or as um, limited as it once did. Like it, comes, it comes naturally after it comes a while. It comes more natural. That's, right. Our goal in, in good coaching is impressioning or imprint, imprinting, I should say, good technique on the mind so that subconsciously the body knows how to respond when you sing so it doesn't become a lot of work and effort it becomes more of a natural experience whereas um you know a lot of singers they push a lot or feel like they need to jump into something and it, it becomes a lot of work for them and it should never become work it should become ease yeah so like working on the mind what do you mean by that like so meditating. It, well it, it, in in so many ways it's kind of like meditating it's kind of like conditioning your mind to understand how the voice works and then giving them scales and exercises that show them how their voice should work or should sound and then once their mind gets used to okay let's say hypothetically their mind gets used to the larynx being relaxed or neutral 
and the soft palate being slightly raised and their body or their ribcage staying open for breath support in their mixed voice, when they go to sing a song naturally there, they'll their body will kind of go into like m- muscle memory. Like it'll, it'll start to do it without them thinking, okay, ribcage out, soft palate up, lifting this, doing that. First, they have to think about it, but as they start to think on it or think in, about it, it becomes natural. They can just do it. Yeah. So how it's like how do you approach somebody and offer vocal lessons? Like, do people get offended when you approach <laughs> them? And that's because like, it, oh, I know what you mean. Because like, like there, yo, you want a breath mint? Like, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> how yeah, I yeah. pictured it. Because like, there is this singer that I follow on Facebook, and she's young, she has the energy, but like her voice is just not there. It's not there. So it's like, how do you approach somebody and and offer that to them without offending them? Oh well, I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty delicate with words when I when I find people that that need help mm-hmm. because musicians' egos are bigger than the sun. And yeah, it's very, I believe that. <laughs> it's very difficult to break through a musician's ego. They know that they need help. Yeah, every singer knows that they need help. They know they have limitations. Right. But for some reason, when you start to try to explain that to them, they're like, "I don't need your help." And there's yeah. you know, they get very insulted. So. I'll reach out to people on Instagram sometimes. I'll follow people and I'll see somebody who has great potential and I'll, and I'll send them a message. I'll say, hey, I'm a, I'm a local vocal coach and you sound... And I'll let them know because I can hear the potential. You sound really good. Um, shoot me a message if you need any help. You know, like if there's anything I can help you with, just mm-hmm. let me know I'm here. So mm-hmm. by doing that, it opens the door to let them know I enjoy what you're doing already. I'm not here to change you, but I'm almost positive you have questions. And if you have <laughs> questions, hit I, me up. I'm I have answers. answers you know? yeah, without, without necessarily... Saying, saying, hey, saying, hey, you know, your breath support's lacking or yeah. your tonality's really nasal or, you know, I don't really go into that because that'll insult them and they'll feel a certain way and then, you know, their ego will just be crushed for yeah. 15 minutes. And then <laughs> so exactly what you said. It's like offering a piece of gum randomly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you sure you don't want a piece of gum randomly? <laughs> I mean, there's a way to say it, right? You yeah, can yeah. say, hey, have you ever had this Trident? You know, this is so good. You take a piece, you want to try this? You know, yeah. it'll convince them, yeah, let me try it. You yeah. mean where your breath stinks. Yeah. But, you know, you're trying, you can try to convince them, you know. But it, it's a good, it's a good healthy way of, of communicating with people. Let them know what you like about their voice as opposed to what you don't like. Because ultimately, if you're a good teacher, you will, um, you'll hear the benefits that are coming in their voice, what they're trying to do. Right. You'll hear the good as opposed to the bad, and the bad is usually rectified by just tweaking the voice. Yeah, you have you have people quit on you. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's like I, you have. You know, being a vocal coach, the, the key term coach in there is, is more than just coaching them or, or training them in singing. It's also coaching them emotionally. And yeah. a lot of times... You're we, a therapist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, my students, you can you can talk to them or ask them any questions. And they'll come in with, with, with serious uh, things on their mind because music is affected by everything. You're, it's emotion. You're, it's all emotion. So if they're having a really rough week, sometimes they'll come in and just need somebody to talk to. And we'll just shoot the breeze for 45 minutes and then do 15 minutes of vocal exercises. But the reason why we're a coach is we have to kind of coach their emotions back into their song. We have to coach their mind back into their song. We have to coach them back into who they are as an artist as opposed to what's going on around them that's trying to distract them. So a lot of times when people want to quit, I try not to let them. because Not because it's difficult to sing. It's because their mind is getting in the way. And sometimes you have to remind them it's just a situation or a circumstance. And the situation you sit in and the circumstance you're surrounded by, but either way, you're still in control. Shit. That's some philosophical stuff. Like <laughs> that wasn't you didn't learn that in vocal school. No, right? that like, that comes from experience. <laughs> yeah. do you read books and stuff? Are you into philosophy? I like philosophy. I like psychology too. I like I like I like knowing what's going on. My I like a lot of Eastern concepts too, like the I know familiar with meditation, chakra alignment and stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. Alan Watts, my favorite philosopher. Alan Watts is very good. I have a, yeah. a student that, that turned me on to Alan Watts. Yeah. <laughs> very good stuff. That's the guy. I fall asleep to him. Just listen to that shit at night. Literally, he's upstairs. Yeah, he's in my room. (laughs) (laughs) He died in like seventy (laughs) nine, but he's still here. But you channel him sometimes. Yeah, for sure, (laughs) channel through him. Um, all right. So, I had a question about when they quit on you. Like, I forgot what it was. All right, we could just go back. Well, I mean, if they do quit, I have a tendency to once a month send out a text message just being like hey how are you doing checking in if you need anything let me know and they usually really appreciate that they'll mm-hmm. you know yeah. and a lot of times they'll they'll quit for a couple of months but then because of that contact they will come back because how could someone quit like you can't you're never like all right i'm the best singer now you yeah know, like, I, I agree i think quitting 
isn't an option when it comes to anything really in life. Anything that you want to be good at, you need to constantly study it and constantly. After all, college to me, I said this to somebody the other day, college should be giving you the, the tools to study for life. Yeah. You shouldn't have to pass a test. You should be learning how to research so that this way when you leave college, you'll always have the skills to learn more for yourself. And that's the goal of education. So, you know, when somebody quits, a student quits, I'm always reaching out to them because I want them to realize if you don't study with me, find a way to continue learning, whether it's with somebody else or reading books on yourself. But don't stop learning regardless. They'll end up feeling worse anyway. Like Absolutely. They don't know what they could have done. Yeah, because yeah. you're, you're never done learning. You're never done. Someone learning. quitting on you is is them saying like, oh, you know, I, I think I'm good enough now, but yeah. you're not. Yeah, yeah. You're never Most of the time, the quitting isn't because they think they're good; it's because they think they're so terrible. But the reality That's is, true. they're not as bad as they think they are. They just hear themselves wrongly. They, they, like you said, you know, don't try to sound like somebody on the, the radio. They compare themselves to what they hear on the radio, and they're disappointed. But a lot of what goes on in the radio is also studio mastered and produced. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of changes that go on. But unfortunately, trying to convince a singer with a big ego. Mm-hmm that that's mastered or that's produced or that person may have studied or been singing for 10, 15 more years than you ever have been um, really is, is hard to get across because they believe that people just sing well naturally and that's what happens. And there are the few that, you know, come out of the womb singing extremely well, but for the most part, every singer had to work on their craft regardless. Yeah, like acting, like same kind of thing. Yep. Like there's yeah. naturally good actors, but Absolutely. work on it, same thing. Got to work on it. Um. Oh man, I just lost another one, man. I had a uh, oh yeah, like with quitting. I know I already did that. We'll move on then from the timeline. Where were we on there? Uh, post college. Post college, yeah. You came out of college and you were ready to start a business. Or so you, I was working you were for somebody already in that in working in, there. in that working. Yeah, I was already working for um, a company in New York City, and it was mm-hmm. a great experience, and it gave me the tools to build my own business. And and funny. Uh, Funny enough, I had said to the owner of the business, I wanted to start my own studio at some point. So he knew that that, that was going to come regardless. So I really thank him for the opportunity to learn what I learned there and grow. And uh, like a mentor. He was a mentor, yeah. And we still, we're still in communication. So, I mean, if I ever talk to him or need anything, I can. we have, we have a good rapport, good communication. And when I came out to Long Island, it was a very scary uh, experience to leave a quote-unquote cush job in New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, you're financially secure uh, everything and then you're kind of bouncing out here with four walls and a Casio keyboard so to speak and <laughs> let's try this again and um and right. if this doesn't work i'm getting text messages from lyft and, and uber to, <laughs> to to become you know a driver and hopefully i can make 500 dollars a week doing that so i can build my studio but um where was, are you working out of now are out you? of out in my house in west Oh, yeah cool. which it, it grew it grew uh considerably over the last uh i want to say three years Mm-hmm. Um, the first three years were word of mouth and it was the craziest thing. I, I would get, oh man, I don't even know if you want to go into this just yet, but I, I would get <laughs> text messages from, uh, producers, text messages from managers, um, saying, I got your name from so-and-so and I didn't even know who so-and-so was. Hypothetically, this guy, let's say this guy's name is Matt. I got your name from Mike. Who yeah. are you, Matt? And who is <laughs> Mike? <laughs> I don't know either of you. <laughs> and they're sending me clients. So like my, my, my singer needs help. And then these people I don't know were coming, and they're they're great students. And I'll say, oh, so I, I spoke to your manager, quote unquote, Matt. Where is he located? Oh, in L.A. <laughs> Skype. So I'm like, wait a second, you're in New York, yes, but my manager's in L.A. So your manager in L.A. found out about me through this guy Mike. But who's Mike? Who the fuck and, is Mike? And where, where the hell is Mike from? <laughs> because your your manager from L.A. is contacting me in Massapequa, in the middle of nowhere, so to speak. Because you're hearing about the successful clients that I've had through some other engineer or producer, and through word of mouth, the business just took off out of nowhere. What you was know? it? Did you have a website up? I didn't even have a website up. I had nothing up. I just had. I, I had <laughs> literally. I had. I want to say I had with me probably five students when I first started out here in Massapequa, compared to like the forty that I had in the city or more. And um, one guy, a uh, great student of mine named Stamos, uh, you can find his stuff on Spotify found me on Instagram just through my regular name because I was on something called TakeLessons.com and it's a website for like local teachers to promote themselves and and find students and he inboxed me uh, on Instagram saying hey I found you on TakeLessons.com but I kind of want to cut the middleman out can we just meet up and I said sure so I ended up working with him for a while and he's a great great musician and he told his engineer uh, Michael Ashby who was Cardi B's producer about me or engineer about me and um how his voice grew so michael ashby is like i got a couple clients that need some help 
So what? he ends up sending me five or six people that are fan- still with me, fantastic students that are trying to break into the industry, doing some really great work. And uh, they kind of told their friends who told their friends. And it kind of turned into this big game of telephone way before website, way before Instagram. Yeah. And the business just naturally grew. You're like, now awesome. I got to make a website. Now I got to. <laughs> yeah. So, so long, long and behold, you know, I worked with, we were talking about this Wix and stuff like that, Squarespace, setting up a website, setting up an Instagram account, uh, trying to get myself out there. I, I was depending on word of mouth for so long that I hesitated to get into social media with it, but I really do feel like that that was the right step for the business to take the next step, you know? Yeah, I heard you talking about YouTube a little bit. Yeah, we're going to be, uh, my my goal would be to be doing some vocal health segments on YouTube, um, some basic vocal training segments on YouTube, stylistic things on YouTube, even maybe some voice teacher reaction videos to like certain celebrity singers and, and talk about what they're vocally actually doing on a scientific level and kind of break down like maybe what Mariah Carey did right versus did wrong, maybe mm-hmm. what um you know what she is doing right versus what she could possibly be doing wrong or what she could do better and if you're a singer what you might what you should learn from these singers things like that yeah there's some really cool content. is there anyone doing that kind of stuff right now it's kind of out there there's there's a few there's a few people doing that everybody does it differently though some yeah. some voice teachers will do voice teacher reactions and they'll be like oh my god that was an amazing song they did this great and they kind of pump the artist but they don't really get into the science of the voice yeah and i think your channel would be like just you you know like yeah everything your philosophy on everything like you're a really well-spoken smart dude sounds like thanks all that stuff yeah everything not just the music yeah i would love to get into you know all the 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 brain science so to speak of of the artist and what goes on in the mind of not just a singer but a musician and a person when it comes to how they perceive and how they see things it's almost like a life coach life vocal slash life yeah, I've had, first. <laughs> I've had people in the past say, you know, you should be a life coach, and it, it's. I think it go it goes with it. I think I think they do go hand in hand. You are coaching people through some of the most vulnerable places. Singing is extremely vulnerable, mm-hmm. and people yeah. write songs about heartbreak and about love and about death and about love, uh, excitement, things things that are great to them, things that are horrible to them, and that's the most vulnerable place. So when they sing and they open their their form of communication to you you have to be ready to deal with whatever comes your way mentally emotionally physically spiritually from that person yeah you get some emotional moments oh, like absolutely crying and stuff yep students I'm sure will, we do we, and it's great because they feel safe and that's the goal ultimately is come in and feel safe because it is a safe place for you you, you have somewhere here where you can confide and somewhere where you can grow at the same time and it's, i don't think that's that's out there in too many studios i can't speak from experience but a lot of vocal studios that i've experienced have just been you know, very good about developing craft, but not developing soul, so to speak. Yeah. And I think soul and voice go hand in hand. Soul. Wow. Developing soul. Mm-hmm. Develop. It's almost like you, you're just personalizing it. You're keeping that that personalized that personalized feeling yeah. to yeah. your students as opposed to, you know, like a big name guy who's just just, just teaching number, to make so money. To exactly. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I, I think they I think a lot of people start off in the right place, but sometimes people, you know, it's and that's that's their right to do what they want to do in that sense, but I think for me my convictions in life are more than just another number or more than making money, although I need to make money. Um, <laughs> well, you went from 40 to 5 students, so. Yeah, it was it was cutting down and now it's back close to close When to that you went up. from 40 to 5 though, did you just have a lot more free time at that point? I had a ton of free time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what were you doing in that free time? At that time I was just I don't even remember. I'm yeah. back, like I was like three years ago, right? Yeah, and that is hard to to, to pinpoint. I mean, we were, I was yeah. working out, going to the gym, just because you must have added so much more to your routine after losing thirty five students. Yeah, it was it there. going from literally back to back students every day to having three in the morning, five at night. Um, yeah. I kind of I kind of wanted to make sure I had gaps in my schedule though for myself as well because working back to back, I realized my own voice was suffering. I was getting exhausted. Like, I was gonna say you were probably mentally like a shot. Each each student comes in with something different from from good to bad, and you have to be you have to be kind of like a wall for them to lean on, so they can they can yeah. develop themselves. You need so, time for yourself. Like you absolutely. probably had no time, like to even like look at your own shit. In the city, I was when I worked in the city, it was um, you know one of the one of the best, but also one of the worst experiences because for that period of time, I lost sight of who I was because you were being everyone else. Everybody, yeah. else. yep. And it took to, it took up until now to really rediscover self because. Mm. You know, when you're dealing with so many other people's issues. And again, issues could come from vocal to, to emotional. And, and being back to back like that, it can really take a lot out of you. So I, I, I would advise any voice teacher or music teacher that deals with one-on-one lessons on a regular basis, don't line them up back to back. 
line up maybe two or three back to back, but then take a couple hours for yourself and then come back to it. So a lot of my scheduling will be like, I'll have students nine, 10, 11, 12, four. And then between like one and five, I won't have anybody. Nice. And that'll be time for myself. And then again, five, six, seven, eight, nine at night. So I'll still have an eight, nine hour day. Just yeah. very separate. That's spread right. out. Yeah, yep. that's how it's on it's your that European schedule. Yeah. That's <laughs> not, yeah, you got a little, what's it called in the middle? Uh, Siesta. Siesta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, what are most the genre, like of most of your... I would say uh, pop. pop, pop, rock, and R&B. Those are the three major R&B. ones. I'm going to say R&B is probably the biggest one that I teach right now. Um, it's a big chunk of my clientele. Um I would call it pop R&B because everything today is kind of filtered through pop music regardless of what you do. But um, it's it's that's the biggest one. Um, pop secondary to that and then rock. And no matter what genre you're singing, it's the same science of like, the science is the same. Work. It's uh, so, for example, um, vocally, the basic concept is, you know, relaxing the neck muscles, relaxing the larynx and learning breath support and then learning how to apply a certain amount of breath through different parts of your range. So the higher you go, the less air you need. The lower you go, the more air you need. Mm-hmm. Most people think it's the opposite. They add a lot more air to their higher phrases causing problems. But that's just a generalized thing across the board. Style um, changes the game because then phrasing comes in, um, vowels come in, you know, yeah. how you pronounce certain words come in, and how do they get in the way. Um, I had to take four years of singer's diction in college. And I, we learned things from mid-Atlantic dialect to southern dialect to... French, German, Italian dialects, just to learn about where the tongue and the jaw and the resonance is placed as a singer and somebody to speak or a speaker. So these singers, when they come in, if they want to sing R&B, you know, the resonance may be different for them as opposed to a rock singer. They might need they might need less resonance or more resonance, depending where they are. And then their jaw might need to be more relaxed where their tongue might need to be more high. It's, 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 it's this is stuff you see or you hear or I, both, right? Both. It's both. Yeah. yeah. You can, you can see where the work needs to be done. You can also usually hear where the work needs to be done as well. Yeah. And like listening, ah, oh, your jaw changes. <laughs> like you just, yeah, how you do you know, even know you, that? You, you can tell right away. Uh, if a singer is singing with a very spread sound, um, unless it's a stylistic thing that's acceptable, most of the time spreading the lips too much isn't good. It can raise the larynx, cause tension. And you can kind of hear like a e, like a very like uh, masky kind of sound or nasally kind of mm-hmm. sound. Whereas if you tell them it's just going to release the jaw, it creates a warmer tone, and immediately you can hit notes much cleaner and smoother yeah. just from releasing your jaw. That's not even mentioning what can go on with the tongue. Jeez, wow. Do you know anyone who like? Do you think anyone can sing as well as anyone else? Like if with enough training. I definitely think so. I think like any person, even huh? if you can't sing at all. Well, I mean, depending on what you mean by can't sing, because if you're if you're truly tone deaf, then it's probably very <laughs> difficult to train somebody. Because no, there's a neurological concept of tone deafness because yeah. you're missing the connection point. Your ear, what is what is tone? Deaf? Your ear there's a, there's a nerve that connects from your ear to your brain that that can help you in second less than milliseconds um, have intonation, pick up the pitch, and then replicate it. But people who are tone deaf, sometimes that nerve may have been damaged or never fully developed. So they can hear pitch, but they can't produce pitch. Uh, so that does happen. That's a rarity, though. People think they're tone deaf. They're usually just afraid to experiment their own, with their own voice. So they'll, they'll be like, mm, and they don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. But if, if they really have the gall to learn, anybody can be just as good as the next person. Wow, that gives me faith. <laughs> like hope, I mean. Because, I mean, one thing would be to have a good voice. Like, if I could sing, that would be awesome. I wish I had a, I wish I had a crazy singing yeah. voice. I mean, I definitely do. Come you by. Know, <laughs> Let's go get some come vocal by, lessons. Come, come by for some lessons. <laughs> sing a song. Let's see. Uh, Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you want to sing on air? No. Uh, I ain't that good. I mean, I could give you something. If he, w- w- like, what do you do? Like, all right, say it's your first class with someone. Mm-hmm. You know nothing about them. How, what do you do? You just go, like, sing for me. Uh, I have a, I kind of have like a breakdown. Um, I start off by asking them, you know, what their experiences with singing, because some people come to me from previous churches. Some people come to me from choir experiences. You know, I sing in high school choir, college choir. I just love to sing, which that's another topic in and of itself, um, because choir singing is not the same as solo singing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes students are trained very poorly, but that gets translated into their um, their solo career and it hurts them in the yeah. long run. But that's another topic. So. When they come in, I'll ask them about their experience. If they have no experience, I ask them what they want. And then usually we kind of have what we call like a um, uh, a breakdown session. The first 15 minutes is discussion about what you want. The next 15 minutes is, is mapping out how to get there vocally. And in the last half an hour, 
is broken down by having them sing something for me, whether it be acapella or something they wrote or something they want to sing, yeah. to, so I could test out where they are, to hear where their voice is. Um, and then the last 15 minutes is the beginning, like starting on breathing exercises and starting them on something to go home and work with. Yeah. You ever hear someone just like, like they were like really bad? Like, oh. Oh man, you know, I, I, like, I, I guess, I guess like, that's, 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 a, that's a loaded question. Um, I definitely think, not like mention of who they are. Of course, like, um, yeah. I, I definitely think that people come in with different tonalities that are not desirable, but that doesn't mean they can't be manipulated. Yeah, I was saying in the car the day um, when when I listen to certain artists, I can hear sounds that sound terrible in their voice, but they learn how to you know manipulate them so well it sounds good to us so maybe when they first started they did sound like garbage because they didn't know how to work that sound it yeah. just sounded like a cat dying but um <laughs> but they learned how to breathe and phrase that sound into something and craft that sound into something more of beauty and suddenly we're all in, in, in we're all revering it for the sake of saying wow it's a great voice if you listen to people like ariana grande she she's she's actually very good in her tonality. Yeah. I you know I would say if you listen like an Amy Winehouse or an Adele, you can uh, hear sounds in there that probably at one point sounded very bad, but yeah. they learned how to manipulate them, and suddenly we're like, wow, those are great singers. But they it's just unique. It's unique. But if you really just pause a piece of of, of Lana Del Rey or, or or Adele, you might hear like a eh in there. It's <laughs> not appealing. But if you you got to show that to a student, like that's 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 their natural voice that that you may not like. That's a part of your voice that you may not like that they don't like. But they learned how to phrase it. They learned how to code it. They learned how to coax it and make it something more um more for them and for their craft and they fell in love with their own voice you know it's, it's the hardest so will thing. you do that too like you'll encourage to do that or will you encourage to fix it i'll encourage them to fall in love with the horrible sounds they make because yeah. until a student falls in love with their own nasty sounds they'll always run from them and honestly um in some of the worst sounds that you can make could be some of the most beautiful nuggets and that's the craziest thing. Of course, bad technique and, and vocal tension is not desirable because it can hurt you. But just because you have a nasally sound doesn't mean it's not applicable somewhere. It doesn't mean that you can't utilize it for your own benefit. So, you know, you take that nasty, snarly sound and, and you tell them when they're like, I hate this sound. you got to convince them to fall in love with it because if they don't, they'll always try not to sound like that. And that might actually hold them back from, from moving. Instead of moving through yeah. it, they try to just avoid it. And you have to move through some nasty sounds to find some good ones. Jeez. Interesting. How many, uh, so how many, over the years, how many people do you think you've, you've trained vocal coached? Well, before I was, um, including college, like, yeah, bef- it's, it's, it's a wild experience because before, before college, when I was still in, in Mass Beaver High School in 11th and 12th grade, I started just, uh, taking some choir people from the church and kind of coaching them based on what I knew then. Mm-hmm. So I would say, um, since eleventh grade, I would. I don't know. Damn. I mean, I had I had clinical hours in New York City that were well over twenty two hundred uh, clinical hours, meaning that's each hour is a client. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. um, I can't. I don't know off the top of my head. Wow. Just based that's on just that. like that reminds me of like that book, ten thousand hours or something. You got to put ten thousand hours in. Into, You've yeah. definitely done that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that, was, that was part of the certification. You know, we had to have a certain amount of clinical hours in order to get certified, and uh, yeah, you know, they we would have you know. I used to teach 10 hours a day, six days a week. So you're looking at close to 60 hours a week. And sometimes wow. it wasn't the same people every day. It was different people because it was New York City. So you know, we right. people coming in, people coming out, and it was very different. So there, there's a lot, a lot. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but just picture See, that times that by I'm thinking, yeah. 10, 11, 12 years, and, and you got a couple thousand more than that. Yeah. Oh, man. That's nice. awesome. That's definitely nice. Uh, all right. So you got out of college. You started, you left that company, started on Long Island, mm-hmm. um, built it up, started the website. Yes. And that's where we're at now? That's where we're at now, yeah. We uh, we just uh, just redid the website, and uh, that's on keyvocalcoaching.com, mm-hmm. and that's up and running. We just started the Instagram page maybe, oh, I want to say three months ago. Is it you running it? Yeah, mm-hmm. myself. I run the whole thing, and... Uh, you know, it's just, it's 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 building. I'm learning. I had to learn. Yeah. What learn. do you think of the social media world? It that's <laughs> a crazy world. Um, hashtags. I mean, I already knew about hashtags from my own personal Instagram and social media, but in order to build a business, you gotta really know what you're doing and what audience you're trying to reach. Yeah. And um, 
I was fortunate enough after opening the account, uh, the Instagram account, by ha- by hashtags alone, finding people such as Mike and 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 um, I reached out to Zach a while ago and just finding different people, and them reaching back out to me and 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 finding a following that way too. So I, I don't know. I I don't bless lucky, but just finding these these numbers, they're they're increasing. You know, we went from you know like twenty followers to like three hundred, then close to five hundred. Some of them are definitely you know bots, but yeah, for the most part, you know. A steady number has been there. It hasn't gone much higher than that, but um, that just comes from hashtags and, and putting up some videos and, and just letting. I had this one girl say, I love your videos. Like, I, I have like five or six small videos from a masterclass I taught in the city yeah. a couple months ago. And she's like, I need to have lessons with you because your videos are so informative and I don't know. So that's just encouragement for the YouTube channel. I was just going to say, that's, so, some, that's um, some YouTube stuff. So it's, it's, it's great. What if, like, you, you heard of Twitch, right? No. Oh, we're on Twitch right now. Okay. So Twitch is like a you go live and people who like you can either donate to you or if they subscribe with their Amazon Prime, it's free. Oh, cool. And then you also get paid. Really? So like it's free for them to subscribe to you because okay. if they have Amazon Prime, then they use their Twitch Prime, subscribe, and then pe- you get paid like that. But it's just an awesome platform. Like it's it's a lot different than YouTube where it's not as big yet. So mm. it's like it's it's the second biggest. It's not like... It's, I like that. It's above Periscope and stuff, but what if you did like live streams of like teaching? I think like a live cool. lesson. I, I think, think I didn't awesome. even know this existed. I, mean, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm under a rock uh, when it comes to so many things because I remember when somebody told me about Periscope and I was like, "What's that?" Yeah, um, I don't even know what that is. It's it's like a live same service. kind of it's thing. Same kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I think this would be great to do something like this. To be honest with you, now that I know about it, I mean, if you guys can help me somehow, I mean, that'd be great. To uh, just oh yeah, I'll how help to you do it because it would be great to see uh, to have my. I'm sure my students would love to do it as well. Uh, have maybe like 30 minute sessions on there where we conquer topics, uh, yeah. local topics, yeah. and have singers you know log in and, and, and watch. Um, I do a lot of master classes in the city and group classes as well. So, you know having maybe two or three people in a session and conquer certain things and live. people and people talk along with you so like they'll be asking you questions about what's going about on and see that's great i didn't know it existed see yeah. little these things i need we need this because yeah. again i started off with a lot of word of mouth and and now i'm diving into the social media part of it so this is the uh, the come up you know this is the next youtube i believe it yeah i believe it yeah no definitely you heard of like Fortnite, right the, the video game Fortnite. Oh yeah, the video game. I, thought I was gonna say if you haven't heard of that, then you're I know, definitely. Video game. <laughs> I know you, you meant like another like server thing. I was like, no, I never heard of that. No, no, yeah, it's a video game. It got huge, and now like it's because of Twitch. That's okay. how it got so big. Nice. But yeah, I think that's um a good route you should go. Yeah, I definitely think that's a it's actually a really good one. I would love to also do just live talking on there, like just discuss yeah. topics have people write in something be like hey guys we're live because youtube has become so commercialized i guess you can say it's difficult to really work your way up that ladder on there there's so, I, I watch these videos on how to be successful on youtube and it's, <laughs> it's just it's a lot you need and four thousand hours hours and it's where do you get that content and where so i i my whole thing is not necessarily getting a huge amount of following from YouTube is just getting content out there so that people who need something can have something to look to as opposed to, you know, a lot of people go on YouTube and they lose sight of their goals, whatever it was they went on there to begin with because now the goal is to get a certain number. But when they first went on there, it was, you know, I'm a personal trainer and I have great stuff I want to show you. I'm a nutritionist and I want to help you with your diet. Now they're not even helping you with your diet anymore. Now they want you to yeah, you know, buy their merch. Buy their merchandise, <laughs> and, and and all that's great, and that's that's great marketing, and, and I'm for it as well. I mean, I, I would I would utilize that if I could for for building a business. But what about when people just want to know something like they used to, like just yeah. go on something? This to me seems like that's a great great platform yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, even if you did like once a week live yeah. sessions, you live know, one hour sessions, and it's just that'd be great. Anything, even if they're big. Definitely. Yeah, even if they're like, and if they're comfortable with it, like singing on, you could have. People like that, that'd be great. I have I would plenty of students that. that were our hands. They would love to. <laughs> they would love to be on camera and be like, "I'll do that again, absolutely." You know? and they, they love it, and uh, I'm fortunate because I, I mean, I really do love and care about all my clients. They, they really are like a little family to me, and they, they really put up with me, and I put up with them in the best way possible, and it, it really helps us grow as a business, but also, you know, as a, as a team. So I consider all my students a team, and I like to get them together. Um, in master classes so they can get to know each other and network there mm-hmm. and and build their own stuff with each other as well like you know i'm gonna put you guys together and you do what you got to do and that's that's great put them together like what do you mean like, um like, like if team it, them up? yeah if a student oh. if a student's really good at songwriting and one of my students say i'm a terrible songwriter i'll recommend i'll say okay so 
you know, I have a student who's fantastic at songwriting. Here's her name. Here's her number. And, you know, meet up with her and see, see what there, she can make. So yeah, there's like her. a formula to songwriting. Like, I feel like it's just like storytelling. Right? It is storytelling. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think there's there's a formula to any form of uh, songwriting. But I think some oh. people are more natural than others. And some people might follow a formula where others just are great. Like, I, I know I, I'm not going to name anybody specifically, but couple of my students i could tell them uh i want a song about love and they can come up with the craziest song about love and, and it's just and, their and own it, interpretation right wherever wow. that goes, Where it goes. Yeah. so you know if i have a student that needs to sing something they might need to go to this person and they they you know collaborate and create a great song together and i've, I've had that happen with students and you know one student this is another this is a crazy example <laughs> um i have a student who's been with me for about five years and she is a great songwriter, and she got involved with a songwriting online group, I guess you could say, um, like a chat or whatever. And there yeah. was a somebody from Boston who was like, you know, we should collaborate. So they met up and collaborated, and then she needed a voice teacher. So now I have a student who's in Boston because of the girl who was collaborating on a songwriting thing. So. Wow, yeah. Cool. And that's another thing. Like I have students all up the East Coast. Like I have people in Atlanta, in Florida, in. Um, but you'll Skype them. All Skype. Skype yeah. is just as effective as in person. Some people think it's not. They like the personal touch, which I get. But you can learn the same thing on Skype that you can learn in person. Oh yeah, that's crazy. When you do these master classes, how many people usually have there? Uh, between fifteen and twenty. You know, I, I think that's a good number. Uh, I think when you start going above twenty, it's kind of like the ratio in high school. Once you have above twenty kids in a room, you kind of lose the attention yeah. of the room. Yeah. So yeah. anything under twenty is probably the most professional way to go about getting results. Mm-hmm. When you have big, 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 big master class, you know, hundred, hundred fifty, they're more like lectures. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine too. That's information, but they're not really a class anymore. Now they're just like demonstrations. There's no intimacy yeah. or anything. Intimacy. Exactly. No yeah. questions. In the master classes, we get a lot of questions. People they'll watch a singer come up do a demonstration and then I'll coach them through what they need to do. And then people in the back of the room is like, how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, they get so involved and to have that with 15 to 20 people is great. Whereas yeah. if you have like 500 people, it's like kind of loses. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you like uh, talking in front of people? Like I don't mind it at all. Yeah. Yeah. You were always cool with it. I was always good with it. You know, I started, like I said, I started as a young kid singing uh, in church and it went from singing to speaking. People would have me speak and do engagements and talk about things. So, um, I never really had, my parents were always shocked because I could just kind of get up and do it. And yeah. then they used to always just say like, sing, sing something. And, you know, there was always family events, sing, sing all holy night, sing something for us Christmas time or whatever. Um, but yeah, I ne- never really had a problem, uh, speaking in front, speaking of, in front of people. Do you ever, so you know how to make, bring the best out in people's voices, right? Mm-hmm. Do you ever, have you brought the best out of your own voice? You know, that's a, that's a good question. I would say it's it's a mixed thing because I'm so used to dealing with other people that I have to still, even though I, I consider myself to be a fairly versed in singing and, and a good singer, I still have to coax uh, things out of my own voice as well. Um, like, do you hear stuff and you're like, oh, I have to fix my jaw? Like, like, <laughs> I, it's more it? feeling for me. Like, it, uh, if we're talking about on a technical level, if yeah. I'm singing something, it's more about feeling. Um, but it's always good to have um record yourself and listen to yourself also look in a mirror maybe people around you um who hear you and will tell you things you know yeah like oh i heard i heard that fix that this doesn't sound good you know be open to the criticism that you get from others exactly because even as a teacher you still have to um learn and you still people still have to listen to you and they have to give you constructive criticism so. And being straight up like that and honest, like I know my voice isn't perfect yet, but you know, I'm working on it too. Yeah. Same boat as you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. listen, I think I think everybody is ultimately working at it. Like we said earlier, I don't think that there's any way to um, necessarily be the best as much as work the best, if that makes sense. Keep working, keep working, keep working. And if you put enough into it, your confidence is what people are attracted to more so than your actual singing. Yeah, and they see you doing it all the time. They see you doing it and doing it well. When you're you're well-versed in something, you'll know how to manipulate it. I'll give you an example. I was singing um, on a platform once for a Father's Day event, and there was five singers, myself included. I was the soloist, and it was around a black grand piano in a a large auditorium. And I live on – it was live broadcasted, internet broadcasted, and – 5,000 people roughly were in the room, and I forgot the whole second verse. But <laughs> instead of oh. instead of just blanking out, I made up a second verse on the fly. I knew what the song, <laughs> I knew what the, I knew what the song was about. 
So I just kind of started, I, I was like, okay, the second verse is about this. My mind's moving quickly at this point. And I'll never forget, Steve Alston was the music director. And he's like, you know, I don't know if anybody else knew that that you messed up that second verse like that, but you smoothly navigated so well through it, it sounded intentional. You made your own lyrics. I made my own lyrics <laughs> in the moment. And that's that's what I'm saying. You're so used to being on a platform yeah. that even your biggest mess up, you still know how to man- master manipulate. And that's the confidence that people see. And if they see that, they're not paying attention to, oh my gosh, he, he's saying the wrong verse. They like, where, he'll start Googling, where can I find that verse? That was a good verse. They didn't even think that it was made up. Yeah. They, they thought it was just they a version Google of the, the lyrics song. They're trying to shazam it. Right. It's like no results found. <laughs> Never saw that before. So yeah, uh, and that, I always tell my students and, and clients, I say the most important thing about being a, a good singer isn't isn't the best technique, although that's healthy, isn't the best singing voice, although that's great. It's, it's believing in yourself and your confidence because when you're on a platform and not egotistically cocky or arrogant but when you're up there and you know that you know what you're doing and you love what you're doing people are drawn to that when you watch a really good singer it's not because their voice is so good it's because they're so lost in themselves yeah when i see their emotion you know then if i hear the lyrics and know their background story even more of that because i know like what oh man they were going through some shit yeah, uh, that's the good stuff. That's good stuff, and that's mm-hmm. why I mean, if you, if you guys are familiar with Yebba, she did this post so so far music in the city. She's national just good singer. Um, yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah, she, Sam Smith found her afterwards, and he said, oh, you really? know, he 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 saw her video, and he was so touched by it that he wanted to work with her, and he did. So they did it. They collaborated on a song. But if you guys look her up on YouTube, when you watch her sing this song that she that she's pretty noted for, I forgot the name of it. Um, it's, the, the, this New York City version of So Far, she's Mama. It's this, I forgot mm. which one it was, but she, she really told the story what she went through, and you can see it and feel it. And her voice was not um, perfect, but it had the right emotion and the right intention. She had something to say, and yeah. the room, you could hear a pin drop. The audience was captivated, and that, to me, will always outdo technicality right. and, 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 and you know how you look. Obviously, how you look, how you present yourself, vocal technique, breathing technique, all that's important, but if you can't communicate, don't get on the stage. Yeah, you could have yeah. the best vocal technique in the world, but if you can't tell a story, don't get up there yet. Like tell a story through lyrics, you're saying? Through I'm saying mm-hmm. lyrics and 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 musically. You know, lyrics yeah. can can take you so far. Vocal technique can take you so far. You can see a singer get up and sing with the best vocal technique, and and lyrics are beautiful, but you you just feel like eh, they're disconnected, or I don't I don't feel that. Have you ever heard a singer and be like, I don't really feel yeah. that? Yeah, And then another singer gets up and you're like, whoa, that was incredible. Um. It's 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 because the confidence they have in themselves and and what their story that they're trying to convey they probably lived out and now they want you to know about it. Yeah, yeah. Zach Rice is a great example. Like I think his voice is really unique. I agree. Yeah, I agree. He's, where was he when he first came to you? I reached out to him. It's, oh, yeah. He he's one of the stories where um I was on Instagram just following local singers because I love to do that. I love to see who's in my own backyard, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I remember following him and hearing one of his, I guess he was outside with the guitar singing. And I was really impressed. I was like, he's got a really nice voice. And I saw on the bottom, South, on the top of Instagram, South Farmingdale. I said, shut up. Like, you know, he's, <laughs> he's local, local. Yeah. So uh, I listened to some more of his stuff, went through his page, and, and, and I was intrigued by his voice. And I could definitely hear where he could use improvement and mm-hmm. where he can make that sound better. But I reached out to him. I was like, hey, you know, if you if you ever have any, like I said, any questions or anything like that. And sure enough, he did. And he came and he's been working with me on rough for a couple months now. And his voice is growing and it's getting better. And he's, he's understanding his own instrument. And I think that's the biggest part of vocal coaching is getting a student to recognize that your voice is an instrument. And how do you utilize your own personal instrument? And yeah. that's what you're doing. And, and, and that's why I found him. And he's fantastic. He just did. He just did a so far show as well. That's why. Oh, really? That's why yeah. I thought of Zacharias. Mm-hmm. He did a so far sound. Yeah. So what's your plan from from here on out? Uh, now that you got, you know, you're in the social media world. I would say to continue to build a, I guess, a safe haven for singers mm-hmm. to con- to, to kind of, I guess, get that name out there. Um, you know, I, I want I want I want Long Island people. I want New York City people. I want whoever I can get right now because it's we offer Skype too, so it's not like we're just limiting anything. But I do right. want people that are around me specifically around here that do want quality. Um, to have that available to them at a good rate, but also locally. So if they do want to come, um, but it's it's really to continue to build Anki vocal coaching and to see to to maintain, retain, and 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 gain new students and really get them vocally healthy, but I, I would say spiritually healthy as well. I like that combo. That's yeah. a good combo. Good stuff. Spiritual, <laughs> vocal. It works. Yeah. 
I think they I think they go hand in hand. I do. Mm-hmm. Music is nobody you can't nobody can say music isn't a spiritual experience. It really is. Yeah, I definitely felt it, it. That's I feel like that's how I found. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a musician. I don't I don't really sing. I don't play an instrument, but that spiritual connection to music it just it gives you a feeling. Gives you a feeling. Like some of the people that you showed me when we met last time, like that kid Anthony, the cover that you showed yeah. me. Yeah, Anthony XI. He's he's a wild 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 voice. Great singer, great student. Yeah. But he has a way of tapping into himself so deeply that you can almost. He could sing the phone book and it, it, you'd cry. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's like it, you listen to that kind of voice, and no matter where you are, what you're doing, it just sh- it just sends shivers down your spine, and yep. you get the sh- you get the chills, and that's just that's that's that kind of music that I like. And that's great. Yeah, you know one song that does that, Hallelujah. When oh people my God, sing yeah. that song, yep. it does give me chills every yeah. time. I'm not religious at all. Me neither, but that song <laughs> yeah. is amazing. But there's some. I think I googled something once about it that there's like. The pitch or tone or whatever of that song, when you sing it the right way, like it does, it does actually something. like give you chills or something. Yeah, there's a whole science behind certain frequencies that can affect the way the brain the brain feels, and 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 certain frequency, like John Lennon tuned his guitar a certain way, like the 528 hertz, which is a frequency which causes a love or evokes love. Really. So when he wrote all you, all those songs with all you need is love and all that stuff in that time frame, a lot of his guitar was tuned to that. They, they say at least I don't know if it's a conspiracy <laughs> as much, but I read about it. And these frequencies cause you to feel certain ways. Wow. So yeah. even unbeknownst to a singer or a musician, they don't they may not know nothing about that. But if maybe um if Cohen was the artist, uh, the original writer of that song, I forgot the first name, but last uh-huh. name Cohen, um for Hallelujah and maybe when he wrote it he wrote it in a frequency that really evokes some kind of emotion and that's why when people sing it you know it, it creates creates a feeling yeah and that's that one pen pentatonic what's that band that sings it pentatonic the pentatonic sing it pentatonics but they like they're there's like the most widespread version right, yeah that's the uh, acapella group yeah yeah there's yeah, no instruments in theirs right Mm-mm. yeah they, that's they, the one that i usually vocal. that's the one that i usually listen to and I, I know what you mean that song is just like it gets know. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know Panatonic, but I'll look it up. Check them out on YouTube. Yeah, that's probably the one that you've heard. I've heard a bunch. Yeah. I think Anthony XI like... actually did a, a cover of that too. Did he? On, check him out on YouTube. I'm almost positive he did. A lot of people did. Uh, but I know the Pentatonics do it. Uh, so I mean, it's such a popular song now. Yeah. It took oh, yeah. took on like a whole, you know, identity. Yeah. American Idol's done, right? It's over. It was over. They brought it back this season. I don't know if they're coming back next season. They, the show was done two years ago, and then they brought it back. But from um, I had a student. Uh, I was I was reached out to by an American Idol producer this year, and she sent me an email and she wanted some of my students, and I sent them, and they went for private auditions. But it, they just, from what I understand, it's just not doing what it used to do. You know, other oh, yeah. other shows out there like The Voice and The Four, those are those are taking on taking on the forefront right now. So American mm-hmm. Idol, in my opinion, probably should consider retiring. Even it, it AG, AGT is also up there, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. American Idol was big. I have, I have some connections to some of these producers because they send me emails. You know, they'll be like, do you have any clients that, that, that come in for private auditions? And some of these shows have a lot to offer and some of them are just an experience. Yeah. They don't really put anybody anywhere on the map. Well, um, think of American Idol used to be, it was entertainment yep. because... They used to Simon. play. They used to play that first round where, yeah, it's Simon, yeah. the guys who sucked, William Hung. I actually only know. watched the auditions, and then I would watch like those the, the, best, the last like the three best episodes. Of it. Yeah, and now apparently they weren't playing those auditions because people get offended. And they don't want. Yeah, in the last ten years, everybody gets offended now. Yeah. Oh, they're done with the auditions. No one's watching it. They were. Yeah. yeah they apparently huh. they stopped doing. They stopped playing those because you know people didn't want the they didn't want their feelings hurt. Mm. I mean, that's the time we're in now. Yeah. Scratch your ass room. Somebody gets offended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. All right. I mean, what else we got? Is that we finished the timeline? Travis Rivera. Live Mike. (laughs) Yep. Rizzo on the move. Rizzo on the move. We like to learn about, like, every new guest. Sure. What, um, pretend you had the whole world listening to you. What would you? What message would you want to convey to them? If you had as much time as you need, pretend everyone's listening. I would say, is this going to be a musical question or just a life in general question? Nah, life. 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 Who's getting your your life coach? Life coach. Life coaching ready. Um, You could do a vocal tip if you want to. I would say it, it goes hand in hand with music. If you if you can find your way to you. You'll probably find your way to God, so to speak. Not necessarily the um, the context in which we've all been taught as God, but I think if you find yourself, every creative part of you, you will find. 
Wow. I like that. Are you a spiritual person? I would say so, yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, it's 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 been a it's been a that's a whole nother story, topic for another yeah. day, but it's been a long journey. But yes, I, I would definitely consider myself to be spiritual. I think everything's connected somehow. Oh yeah. Pantheism, you ever hear of that? I have, yeah. Well, I think I'm a I never knew what I was, but I think I'm a pantheist. pantheist. Okay. I don't know. I think <laughs> I am. If you get into that, you got another three hour conversation with yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened in the last one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll go forever with that stuff. But yeah, universe. Yep. Everything's connected. We're all God. You know, that yeah. That kind of thing. I would say that's why it's like Tashi's touchy subject. I'm sure I'm a heretic right now, but <laughs> I, I tell people all the time, if you want to find God, find yourself. Yeah. It's all in there. All right, man. Well, where is where everyone can find you? Uh, you can find us on Instagram, on Key Vocal Coaching, uh, Twitter, on Key Vocal Coach, or on KeyVocalCoaching.com. Awesome. So. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks for coming in, Travis. Thank you for having me, guys. Mike, you got anything? My usual. I like when you end it. Oh, I had nothing. I had nothing today. I had nothing oh, sitting in my mind. Man, all right. Set your mind to anything. Achieve your goals. Set small goals every day, because that means you make an achievement every day. Make your goals bigger as you go on, and eventually, you'll achieve them. Mike, live mic out on the mic. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you liked what you heard, please give us reviews, ratings, and likes, and all that stuff. It helps us so much more than you know. Uh, feel free to hit me up if you want to be a guest, if you have an opinion on something, or if you just want to talk. <laughs> Thanks again, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon.